Our second scripture reading today comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1503. Matthew 5, verses 33 through 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. <coughs> Thus ends our reading of God's infallible word. May all who hear it live in the truth that is Jesus Christ. Why do we lie? We've all done it, whether it's a fishtail or, or a white lie. We, we've all stretched the truth a bit at one point or another. The question is, why do we do this? There are a million reasons why we distort the truth. We do it to impress. We do it to avoid punishment. We do it for profit. We do it for power. We do it for convenience. We do it to hide our own brokenness. And we even lie to ourselves because we don't want to feel the guilt of something that we've done. As a society, we have, we have mastered this art form. We are continuously lying and being lied to. And we learn this craft at a young age. I thought Kim did a perfect demonstration with the children today. And there's these little games we play. You know, our parents ask us if we, if we brushed our teeth and we say yes, even when we haven't, because we don't want to do it. We, we tell our friends that, that we'll do something for them, and, and then we fail to do that thing, and they ask us about it. And all we have to say is, well... I didn't promise. Or how about what Kim was talking about, that little trick. Just cross your fingers behind your back as if that suddenly makes it okay to lie. Who came up with that? <laughs> A liar, yes. And as you get older, you realize that the truth is harder and harder to find. Every time you turn on your TV or your computer or your, your, your phone, your smartphone, you're, you're being inundated with false promises called advertisements. Then you, you turn on the news and you have to wonder how much of this is true. And, and what part of the story did they leave out? What are they not reporting? Am I watching fake news? Of course, half the time they're reporting on politicians. Can they be trusted? 
our elected officials have become so notorious for lying that we, we now have fact checkers. They, they, they comb through every word that they say. But can these fact checkers be trusted? So now we have fact checkers for our fact checkers. It's an endless cycle. Sure, you can try to escape such nonsense. You can turn the news off. You can, um, you can uh, avoid the words of the politicians. What do you do? Well, let's go to social media. Let's go to Facebook and see how our friends are doing. And there you'll find a, a picture-perfect world full of smiles and all the latest achievements demonstrating how successful life can, can really be. But again, it's just a facade, masking the, the brokenness and the hurt that we all feel. In our world today, the, the truth is difficult to come by. And our, our trust in each other is very, very weak. This is why, why kids, they, they, they make their friends say promises. They make them pinky swear, like Kim was saying. This is why teens, they, they, they make their friends swear on their mother's grave, as if their mother's already dead or something. This is why as adults, we make people sign contracts. We, we hold them to their word by legal means. People have learned to, to not trust anyone because deep down they know, they know that their own hearts are full of deceit and lies. But these things are not unique to our culture. Lying has been pervasive since the beginning. And it was in the garden that, that a lie led to the fall. And ever since, we have been a people who like to distort the truth. And, and those who, who, live in, who lived in first century Israel, those who lived during Jesus' day, they were no different. Which brings us to our, our, our scripture reading for today, where, where Jesus addressed a particular kind of lie. The breaking of an oath. You see, oaths at, at that time were being used as convenient ways to be deceitful. They, they had become acceptable lies. Before we jump in, let's, let, let's step back one moment and review what we've gone over. If you recall, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus had been correcting much of the erroneous interpretations that the people had concerning God's Word. So far, he, had, he has addressed the topics of murder, adultery, and divorce. The seeds of murder stem from anger within one's own heart. Adultery is that, is that lustful desire for someone that is not your own. Divorce should, it should not be acceptable unless the marriage covenant has been broken. And each of these things are issues that stem within a person's heart. The topic we'll look at today is, is no different. For here, Jesus speaks of the oaths that we make. These, these small, little covenants that we make with one another. 
Look again at Matthew 5, verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. This saying from, from long ago comes from our first scripture reading, Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 21 through 23. It says this, If you make a vow to the Lord your God, do not be slow to pay it, for the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from making a vow, you will not be guilty. Whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do, because you made your vow freely to the Lord your God with your own mouth. Here we see that the Mosaic Law took very seriously oaths that were made to the Lord. Once, once Yahweh's name was attached to a vow, it became a debt that was owed to God. Why was this the case? This goes back to the Ten Commandments. It goes back to the, to the Third Commandment. Look at Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. When a person made a vow in the name of Yahweh, then God's reputation was now attached to that promise. And to break such a promise was a form of blasphemy. This was a serious matter. The punishment for blasphemy was to be stoned to death. This is what the Jews wanted to do with Jesus when, when he made these certain claims declaring himself to be God. They, they picked up stones, for he was committing blasphemy in their eyes. So, so, so an oath made in God's name, it had to be fulfilled. And failure to do so was considered sin, even if your intentions were pure from the start. This is why a vow to God was a dangerous thing and something to be avoided. And this is exactly what the majority of the people of Israel did. They, they avoided such vows. And yet, society still has to function. Promises still have to be made, and some type of oaths had to be taken. For instance, say, say a person agreed to, to build a storehouse for a farmer, and in return receive a tenth of that year's crop. Well, the two parties would have to make an oath. But they wouldn't do it in God's name, lest they be caught blaspheming. Instead, they would swear by the tabernacle or the temple, something, something greater than themselves as a demonstration of good faith. <clears throat> Fast forward to Jesus' day, and we, we see such, such vows being abused. You see, over, over time, there became different tiers of oaths. Oaths that people could make demonstrating different levels of commitment. People would swear by things greater than themselves, and depending on how close of an attachment there was to God, this determined how binding that oath was. So if a, if a person swore by the temple, it, it had a certain level of obligation. But if they swore by the gold in the temple, 
the oath became more binding. Thus, if a person swore by earth or by heaven or by Jerusalem, these were all different levels of commitment. What this eventually amounted to was a system of acceptable lies that society had taken on. It's no different than than the kid who, who tells his friend one thing and then does another and then says, well, I didn't promise. Or, or how about that, that busy father who says to his son, I'll, I'll do my best to, to make it to your game, but then fails to show up. Or, or what about that event that, that your friend asked you to go to and that, and that you said yes, even though you really didn't want to go. And so you, you cancel by, by telling a little white lie like you're sick, or or something came up. These are the the acceptable lives that we as a society have established. We too have our varying levels of oaths. Here's what Jesus has to say about such things. Look at verses 34 and 35. But I tell you, do not swear at all. Either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. These oaths, which were originally designed to encourage truthfulness, had become perverted in order to convey clever lies and casual deceit. And Jesus was, he was teaching his disciples what was at the root of this problem. Their hearts had no desire to live in the truth. You see, what what, what the people had done was to create this system where they could make these oaths and oaths that they could break without committing blasphemy. And because of that, lying had become that much easier. What Jesus does is he blows this system up. He, he, he quotes Old Testament scripture to do so. Look at, look at Isaiah 66, verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? And again, in, in Psalm 48, verses 1 and 2. Great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise. In the city of our God, his holy mountain, It is beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole earth, like the utmost heights of Zaphon in Mount Zion, the city of the great king. Jesus goes to to scripture to point out the fact that, that heaven is God's throne, and the earth is his footstool, and Jerusalem is his city, for he is the great king. All these things that that, that people were swearing by, they were intrinsically connected to God. In other words, when, when people were making these oaths, whether they knew it or not, they were essentially putting God's name on the line anyways, because he is linked to the things that they swore upon. In essence, every time they broke one of these oaths, they were committing blasphemy. But Jesus takes it one step further. 
Look at verse 36. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Often people would, would swear by their own head. This was a, a, a lesser type of vow than swearing by heaven or by, or by earth. As the only thing that was at stake was a man's reputation. And yet Jesus was claiming that even this was connected with Yahweh. God controls every single hair on a man's head. If he wants one to be black and another to be white, that was his prerogative. After all, he is the one who created this man in his own image. And so, so even when one swore by their own head, God's name was at stake. It's no different today. When, when you make a promise, whether it's something little or something big, when, whether you sign on the dotted line or whether you just tell your wife that you'll take out the trash, it's all the same in God's eyes. So, so what is Jesus suggesting? What were his disciples to do? Look at verse 37. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. As God's kingdom people, they were not to follow the, the deceitful ways of this world. They were not to fall into the, into the trap that there are acceptable lies. They were, they were to stop playing games when it came to the truth. They were to let their yes be yes and their no be no. All of these superficial oaths and all these acceptable lies, they were from the devil, who is the author of deceit. In other words, when, when you play the game, when, when, when you distort the truth, however innocent it may seem, you are falling into the devil's snare. We see this warning of our Lord repeated by the Apostle James in his epistle. Look at uh, James chapter 5, verse 12. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, or you will be condemned. You see, the, the minute you, you start playing this game, that there are different levels of truthfulness, then, then you have committed a sin. For, for all oaths, whether, whether big or small, whether made in the name of Yahweh, or by heaven, or by one's own head, they are all held to the strictest of standards. They are all attached to God's name. Dear friends, do you see it? There, there is no such thing as a white lie. There, there are not different levels of deceit. Even, even what the world would consider the smallest of fibs is blaspheming God's name. This is why Jesus made it simple. Just speak the truth. 
Only agree to something if you're going to do it. And if not, then say no. In other words, be honest with your intentions. And when you think about it, what Jesus has really done is, is with this simple command is he has freed you from the shackles that come with lying. These, these half O's, these, these acceptable lives, they, they do nothing but hinder your life. Christ offers you freedom. Freedom from the, from the obligation of, of trying to impress people. Freedom from the worry of, of disappointing others. Freedom to admit to your own shortcomings. Freedom from the desire to make a name for yourself. Freedom from the need to protect yourself. Even freedom to accept the earthly consequences of your sins. Because you know that in, in the long run, they were paid for at the cross. Brothers, sisters, this is what, what living in the truth does for your life. This is what Jesus does for you. He sets you free. In John's Gospel, Jesus claimed this about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way. He, he, he sheds a light on your acceptable lies, exposing, exposing them for what they truly are. Blasphemy against God. So he calls you to repent and to trust in him alone. He is the way. He is the truth. As you turn away from your deceit, he turns you towards himself. This reality that will set you free. He is life. It is in this newfound freedom that you find true vitality. He gives you life free from, from the guilt and the worry of these acceptable lies. A life where you will have a peace of mind knowing that you have been honest. Trust in Christ and be set free. After all, it was he who demonstrated his truthfulness when he, when he fulfilled the greatest of vows. As he died on the cross for your sins. He took upon your punishment for your acceptable lies. And then he rose from the dead, gaining victory over sin, death, and the devil. And he has promised this victory for you. Look at John 14, verses 1 through 3. Here is a promise from our Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. This, this is a promise of Christ. This is a, is a vow that he makes to you. And his words are true. 
for he is the truth. He lets his yes be yes and his no be no. And he does all of this for you in order to bring you into the truth. Repent of your acceptable lies and trust in him. For only he can set you free. Let us pray. Father, we confess that, that we are too comf comfortable with falsehood. We are like the, the prophet Isaiah who, who said this, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Lord, our, our lips are dirty. They need to be cleansed. Help us to trust in your son, in his death on the cross, and in his resurrection. Help us to, to live in the truth. Send to us your Holy Spirit so that, that we may be convicted of our lies, even the acceptable ones. Mold us into, into an honest people after the likeness of your Son. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.